Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Press record and we're recording now. I'm Ishimin. Hey. Hey. I say Ishimin. It's my episode. Screw you. Do what I want. Cheeky little boy, aren't you? <laughs> I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Hello, welcome to I Miss You, Man, the podcast that asks the question Do you, Dylan Hallis, miss me, Lonnie Gilroy? And you know what the answer is? Consecutively, for 80 plus times now, it's yes. Yes. And when it stops being a yes, pod's done. Instantly. That's it. The moment I hear no, it all burns. Gone. To the dust. No more. <laughs> How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty bloody good. How about yourself? Look, I feel good right now, but I've had two naps today. Oh. I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on. I was getting so tired. Just doing nothing. Do you have some big feeds? Any food comas? Not really. I had two beers yesterday and I was out in the sun. Maybe that's what just done me good like that. Maybe. You were so relaxed yesterday, it carried over to today. Yeah, that's it. it. (laughs) Well, I hope the listeners are doing well too. I hope they're not having too many naps because they're about to listen to a great episode of our podcast, which is generally about what, Dylan? Well, it's about you and me missing each other oh, yeah. and taking each other on a journey each week. Could be about anything, Lonnie. Life, pop culture, they're both the ends mm-hmm. right there. Oh, yeah. Everything in between, we cover that too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're madmen. You think of something, we'll do it eventually, unless we miss each other. Unless we stop missing each other, I should say. <laughs> um, as said, I, I'm the one in charge today, not Dylan, but Dylan's had some homework. What are you... What have you done for me this week? I say this week, yesterday and today. <laughs> it was late notice, but had to watch bloody 50 million music videos. No, not, that didn't many. not that many. They're not only music videos. 20 million. They only, they only take three minutes to watch. Nah, six, wasn't it? Six? I think it was six in the end, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the list here. I'll, I'll give them to you right now for the listeners. So you can. Mm. I'm going to put them in the show notes. So if you really wanted to go watch them, well, you can just go look them up yourself. I'm sure you can. Better. You better. We've got Vogue by Madonna, Bad Day by Daniel Pounder, Weapon of Choice by Fatboy Slim, I Would Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf, Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. And sure, they're all fun videos. Who doesn't love a music video, Dylan? Yeah. No one. Did no one watch Rage back in the day? Come on. All that video hits. Ever watched that? Oh, mate. Who didn't get amongst that once in a while? <laughs> now, Dylan, I hope you're sitting down. I am today, yeah. You are today, unlike other times we've been in the bath, we've been standing up the whole episode. <laughs> I've been a bit sneaky. The listeners will know this because they've clicked on the episode and have, have clicked play, but there was a hidden theme amongst these videos. Did you identify the secret theme of today's episode, Dylan? It's all about music <laughs> oh, i mean broadly sure um it's more about the the filmmakers involved with these ah, music videos sure is it, is it twigging now for you he pranked me a little bit didn't you oh, well you know there we go these videos these music videos were all directed by people who would go on to have huge success as feature film directors yeah, there How you go. That? So, okay. I thought it'd be fun to go back and watch these early works and see what's going on, um, see if there's any through lines that we can draw from their later movies and these earlier music videos, anything that's totally different. And, you know, just a bit of fun to watch some videos and talk about them and hang shit or praise them. <laughs> <laughs> see how we go. <laughs> the case may be. Now, any overall... Preface. 
Yeah, Krampus. Yeah. Sorry, to, sorry to any meatloaf fans out there. Oh, no, come on. Lonnie's going to shit on your boy because he hates him. No, that is that is completely wrong. I love meatloaf. We'll get into Surprisingly, it. Surprisingly, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I am. It's, it's probably not something you'd expect from me, Dylan, but I am. Hey, that's all right. To each their own. Dad, do you have any overall thoughts before we begin this deep dive? Yeah, overall, I I liked them all. Yeah. Obviously, some more than others. Sure. I nearly think the worst one was my favourite song of the bunch, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's been interesting how that works, but anyway. I'm keen to, to go into this. Now, there are plenty of listicles out there if you're interested in lists of best music videos directed by feature film directors. You can you know, dime a dozen these sort of things because it's interesting mm. sort of topic why we're doing it. Um, and obviously, a lot of these examples out there, we're only doing six out of the many, many, many. Um, mm. But I did find an article from Collider yeah, talking about this, this concept. It said, the music video is a form of artistic expression that allows great freedom to those who know how to use it to tell a story. That's why many young filmmakers start in this field. Spike Jones is uh, perhaps one of the best examples, making his, his name first as a great music video director and then transitioning into the big screen. Some other thoughts I, I think about this is like there's not a huge budget for music videos. They don't take that long to make. You can probably knock it out in a couple of days, you know, if not one day sometimes. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing them like commercially like you you that's your business which a lot of these film directors are doing you can do heaps a year so you, you can get good at it quite quickly um, yeah that's true and you can get a bit crazy a bit experimental um and you're not going to lose a lot of money if it doesn't turn out great you know Cause no because all all of it's on the song really <laughs> yeah basically you're promoting a song and you're mm. you're working you're promoting the artist and you know, back when it was really popular, back in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, MTV was massive, Rage was massive down here, and then at the time when that probably was getting less popular, YouTube pops up, so, oh, you know. Oh, there he is. That's <laughs> where it started. Um, now, I have mentioned them today, but other directors have got amongst the music video um, trend. Uh, Sophia Coppola, Tim Burton, Steven Spielberg's even done one, Paul Thomas Anderson... Oh. Back in the day, Martin Scorsese, Michael Jackson collabed. Um, but the, these directors were kind of more being established film directors and then going and doing music videos, which still happens today. So, you know, there's, it's not like there's, you know, they, they can mix these directors. They're allowed to, Dylan, okay? All right, good. I was worried. <laughs> now, uh, given you didn't pick up on the secret topic, I'm not sure you would know the directors of these music videos. That might be a bit of a surprise for you. Yeah, I got no idea, mate. All right. Well, I thought we could. You lay him on me. I'll, I'll start with number one that we watched, which was Vogue by Madonna. The year is 1990. The director, a young man called David Fincher. There he is. <laughs> is this his first big work? Well, uh, not really. So, I don't know if you know much about or he got his start, but he was doing a few different crew tech jobs in Hollywood in the early 80s. Um, he's mm. doing some VFX at Industrial Light and Magic. Actually crewed on Return of the Jedi and Temple of Doom, doing sort of various things in the those. Yeah, right, working with Lucas back in the day. And he worked on both of the worst of the three trilogies. No, Ooh. come on, come on. Oh, no, it's not his fault. That. Come on. <laughs> no, it's not his fault. I'm just saying, I'm lucky. I guess I'm so. lucky twice. <laughs> so he, he was doing that and he left to direct commercials. Um, and found some success. And a lot of people directing commercials and music videos at the same time. Um, mm. And he started his own company with a few other blokes uh, called Propaganda Films. And then rest of the 80s to early 90s, he was mainly doing commercials and music videos. Um, and it's actually quite interesting. A lot of other directors were hired by Propaganda Films to make these music videos. And they're directors we're going to see today. Like Spike Jones, like Michael Bay, like Antoine Fuqua. So, yeah, it's... It was kind of a breeding ground. And, and not a coincidence that this is when MTV is at its biggest. The music video business was booming, sure. you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this one, Dylan? Vogue. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, you automatically get artistic points for making it black and white, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And lots of pretty people. I assume they're all like models, I'm guessing. A lot of models and backup dancers and, and, and that. And 
I didn't realize, like, you know, the, the concept of voguing, like a dance move, like striking a pose and stuff, it was popularized in this video. And it's something Madonna oh. took from, from like the underground art scene and dancing scene that she was kind of a part of. Oh. She was still fairly new as well. And this looked like her second album I was reading in the late 90s. Peak oh. of the powers though, right? Madonna? Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of striking black and white images. It's a bit dreamlike. We're sort of floating through this, it's like an art gallery almost, but also there's like a mm. maid and butlers and... Um, and lots of dancing as well. Like, just at a certain point, it's just like, hey, let's have a dance. It's good. Yeah. I mean, what more do you want in a music video, really? <laughs> Where do we stand on Madonna? Do you like her? Yeah, she's all right. She, although, she did make the worst Bond song of all time, though. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a big mark against her. But apart from that, she's pretty good. I think, like, you and I probably missed her when she was at the peak of her popularity. And so we probably missed the day-to-day -day being bombarded with information about her because she was massive. She was the biggest star on the planet for a while. Um, yeah. We were more into her spiritual success and we were Lady Gaga boys, weren't that, we? That was our era. Good on mm. her. You can definitely see the connections, sure. don't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, what do you stand on David Fincher? Fight Club, Zodiac, Benjamin Button. All greats, right? Yeah, Benjamin Button's good. I haven't seen I haven't seen Zodiac. Not really. I haven't seen Benjamin Button. I just said it, but I've seen Zodiac. Oh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, okay. it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's interesting. Yeah, Zodiac's really good. It's 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 pretty intense, as you can imagine. Well, guess what, Lonnie? I also what? haven't seen Fight Club. You haven't seen Fight Club, hey? I what haven't a... seen Fight Club. Wow. Either. Well, you probably can't see much of Fight Club or Benjamin Button in this one, but there was a Mank a couple of years ago. Now, if you ever saw Mank? About the making of um, Citizen Kane, David Fincher, oh, no. and it was all black and white, and it was set in the golden age of Hollywood, which um, mm. the, this film video, this um, music video for Vogue definitely was drawing inspiration. Um, so yeah, Collider, that article before, um, as I said, drew inspiration from and attention to voguing, a dance style created by the queer community in New York that adapts the poses from runways and fashion editorials. The song itself talks about enjoying the dance floor for what it is, no matter who you are, while name-calling many of old Hollywood stars. And it really is one of her biggest songs, and to have a great music video, I guess that contributes to it, but at least, you know, it, it, I don't know if that made it the great song that it is, but it kind of definitely helps to have a great music video at the same time, hey? It cements its legacy. <laughs> Indeed. Now, our good friends and partners, Wikipedia, talk about this music video. What are you gonna? Are you trying to say something, there, Dylan? Or how much money did you give to him this week? How much? <laughs> Not much this week, but I will. Hundred bucks. Mm. They just they just garnish our wages at this point. They <laughs> they give me money after they take my wages. <laughs> <laughs> they give me an allowance. Dirty dogs. Uh, so they say writers and critics have noted the video and the song's influence in bringing an underground subculture into mainstream popular culture through the postmodern nature of her power and influence, as well as the way it, which it followed a new trend in which dance music enjoyed widespread popularity. For a little music video, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Goes on to say, many of the scenes are recreations of photographs taken by noted photographer Horst P. Horst, including his famous... Uh, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Just a good name. It's <laughs> a, a good name. Uh, Main <laughs> corset, Lisa with turban, Carmen face massage. Uh, Horst was reportedly displeased with Madonna's video because he never gave Ooh. his permission for his photographs to be used and received no acknowledgement from Madonna. Um, oh. And then I don't know how, how up to date you are with your golden age of Hollywood um, stars and their pin-up pictures, Dylan, but some of the close-up poses recreate noted portraits of such stars, um, such as Marilyn Monroe, Betty Davis, Veronica Lake, Greta Garbo, um, Judy Garland. And some of these stars are also mentioned in the songs. There's a bit of rap bit where she just lists off a bunch of names, which is a bit fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, what I would say there is that obviously Fincher was taking inspiration from those those older years and and those those portraits and the famous um, photos and film styles of the time, um, which you know you wouldn't necessarily have to do in a music video, especially when you know it's always something a director would do later in their career. 
you know, film that you're getting lots of money for. But, you know, just doing it for a music video for Madonna, pretty cool as well. Yeah, a lot of effort put in. You have to respect that. Absolutely. Now, there was some controversy, Wikipedia tells us, Dylan, surrounding the video, due to a scene in which Madonna's breasts and, if the viewer looks closely, her nipples, nipple alert, could be seen. They could be seen through her sheer lace blouse. Um, (gasps) Right? And Wikipedia puts the picture on there. So you can have a look. Let's have a look on the right. Right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. MTV wanted to remove the scene, but Madonna refused. And the video aired with the shot intact. Also, you can see later in the video, her famous cone-shaped bra makes a little appearance. That's cool. <laughs> oh, there you yeah. go. Good on her. Standing up for her integrity. As I know. And, like, it wasn't particularly sexual either. It was just she was wearing a, a sheer top. Like, you know, it's sexy, but not, yes. like, graphic or anything. No, she wasn't bare tits out or anything. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't pornographic. No. no. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. So, Fincher, between 1984 and 1993, a good year, Fincher was credited as a director of, for 53 music videos. He referred to this production of music videos as his own film school, in which he learned how to work efficiently within a small budget and time frame. Good on you, Finchie. <laughs> um, so, 53 in one year, did you say? No, between, over 10 years. Between 84 oh, and 93. Okay. Yeah, 53. I was going to say, nearly knocking out one a week. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Five a year, that's pretty good. And by 1990, yeah. the company that he worked, he, he founded, was producing almost a third of all videos in the US. It's pretty amazing, Ooh. isn't it? That would have been bank, right? Oh, mate. He wouldn't have even needed to be a director at that point. <laughs> Just a bit, a bit of fun after he's peaked in his career. Yeah. yeah. Um, he won a bunch of MTV awards, I think, as well, for best music video, which makes sense, you know? Oh, ratio. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Eventually, you'd have to, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, that's Vogue. I think it was a good place to start. David Fincher, one of the greats. Um, next on my list, Dylan, I have a feeling this might be your favourite song. Am I right or am I wrong? You're wrong. Oh, no! Your favourite yes. song isn't Bad Day by Daniel Powder. No, no. Gangster's Paradise, babe. Oh, Coolio. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll get Come there. We'll, we'll finish off with Coolio. How about that? Yeah, but, but mm-hmm. this was my favourite video. Is that right? Wow. It certainly go. was. Well, the year was 2005 and you couldn't go five minutes without hearing this song somewhere, could you? Oh, mate. We're all having a, a good day when we heard Bad Day on the radio. Let's say that. <laughs> do, you, do you like this song? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's nice. I mean, you hear it enough, you have to like it, right? It's poppy and it's nice and you can <laughs> sing along to it. It's not particularly deep, but I don't mind it. It's a bit of fun. <sighs> it's all right. Um, the director was a guy called Mark Webb, who you might know Hello. from 500 Days of Summer. The Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. One, and, yeah, one and two. Um, and, I mean, that kind of violated his career for a while, but he's done a few things since then, and he's directing uh, the new uh, Snow White movie coming out next year, I believe, or this year, perhaps. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, Good on him. What is the music video you love so much, Dylan? What happens? Well, no, it's just a nice little love story, isn't it, at the end of the day? It's about... Two depressed artists who have a bad day, but not just one bad day, one, many bad days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, they keep having bad days until they enter each other's lives, and then bam, one conquers all, and hey, it's only happy days from then on. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, was that the pitch you reckon? <laughs> Mark Webb walks into the room, <laughs> slams his fist on the table. Well, um, I'd, I'd I'd sign off on it. Yeah, well, clearly. Yeah, so it's it's a it's two people going through sort of monotonous office job days, not particularly. Yeah, not satisfied, and the actually does some interesting things playing with like split screen. Or like showing three days in succession from both their perspectives and like they're going 
about their day kind of in parallel to each other, almost meeting. They're taking the train at a slightly different time. They're waking up just a few minutes apart. Their offices like opposite each other on the street, but they don't quite see each other. Um, yeah, very 500 days, wasn't it? Well, you can draw that comparison very clearly. I think that's cool. I think I think that's what makes 500 Days such an interesting movie is that it draws upon the music video sort of abstract style, the sort of experimental film, um, and puts it inside a, a quite a honest story. And, you know, does all the playing with time and whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a very popular song. It's a piano, soft rock, adult contemporary <laughs> sort of stuff. It's good. Classic mid-2000s. I want to know your thoughts, still on a particular part of the music video. So they're heading home one uh, one night separately. Yeah. And she sees an, an ad in the subway and she's not particularly happy by it. And so she decides to get her bloody pen out and graffiti all over it. And then he sees it and does the same. He's a criminal, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, but they're artistic criminals. You yeah. know? Come on. Is that the difference? They're not just like drawing a dick. They're actually adding to the art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so like she draws him and it's a couple. It's like people on a, a bench and she draws him getting rained on and he draws like an umbrella. So they're like having a bit of flirting via graffiti, basically. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty fun. Um, In in terms of music video, it's a question for you. Do you prefer the abstract one where it's just like a bunch of images or do you prefer one that tells a a self-contained story? Do you want the artist to be there singing along and cutting it back to them? Which happens in this? He's just playing in the bloody park somewhere. What what are your thoughts? Or is it just whatever works? Uh, I think overall, I'd probably lean towards more the telling the story. Sure. Like I can respect if you can tell a, a cool little story, like a, a little movie in three minutes or so. Mm-hmm. If you just do an abstract shit, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. You don't need a structure or anything to it. So I think this would be harder to pull off a good story. Yeah, and it's nice when it's something that complements the um the song. I, I think yeah, the I don't one really that... need the artist in it though. I didn't need him there. No, anyway. that I think. All respect to Mr. Daniel Powder, but I think he detracted from the the power of a love story. Yeah, in this one, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, he hasn't had a huge career otherwise, but he's he's been around. <laughs> As all one hit wonders are. <laughs> yeah, good on him though, Canadian. Um, yeah. <laughs> now the the song has been in lots of ads. <laughs> what are you laughing at Canadian for? <laughs> just, just not the thing to throw out there. Get on him. Canadian, you know. <laughs> it's a fact I've got about him, okay? <laughs> he was wearing little, little, look at the little toques. Hawks? Tokes? Tokes, perhaps. Little beanie. Get on him. Get on him. Um, yeah, so it, it was the eighth most watched music video, video on the internet in 2006. Apparently reached 9.8 million views. And looking at YouTube now, it's got millions and millions of views probably still popular lots of ads and film and then tv it's been used now one of our boys mr weird al yankovic um wanted to record a parody of the song but powder refused which you gotta say that's a mistake right when we had our calls you say yes right yeah that's that's an honor that's like you know your song's big then and like it's just a like a general pop song it's not like it's just you know really deep and no offense, but you know it's a song that can be parodied. I think without being losing anything. Anyway, well, no, and it's that popular at that point. Anything you're afraid of Weird Al doing to it, it's not going to harm it in any way. Yeah, totally. If anything, it means you have made it. I thought um, uh, Al's Weird Al's version was going to be called "You Had a Bad Date." <laughs> Sounds like a funny idea. Yeah. So he later did tell him. Actually, no, it's all cool. I want you to make to do the parody. But Yankovic said that the train had left the station. Good on him. And he recorded White and Nody instead. So, oh, there you go. And his best one. There you go. <laughs> um, but someone who did cover it, a little band called the Alvin and the Chipmunks. No. So. No. <laughs> Why would they? 
Do you enjoy anything, Alvin and the Chipmunk? Do you I nev- enjoy Chipmunk songs? I never have. I never will. No. How does anyone? I really don't understand it, eh? Hey? so weird. It's the most fucking grating thing you could listen to I could think of. It's I, think I watched one as a kid just because it was like on TV or something. Just I didn't get it. And I still don't. <laughs> Bad on them. <laughs> Bad on them. Yeah. And where do we stand on the amazing Spider-Man movies that Mark Webb went on to direct? Come on. Come on. First one's pretty good, one- isn't it? One's okay. Hmm. Pretty good's a bit of a stretch. Two's a fucking mess. But you know what? It's pretty entertaining. Fucking weird, creepy Electro. Spider-Man Stalker. Jamie Foxx, what an odd fucking choice. (laughs) Casting. (laughs) It's very odd. (laughs) Fucking little gross green actual feral goblin man as Green Goblin. With an actual goblin disease. Weird. Come off it. What was happening in that and movie? Trying to set up a Sinister Six movie, sort of weirdly. And <laughs> and a Black Cat movie. Yeah. And every it. other Spider-Man movie they could ever do. Yeah. The one movie. Yeah. Not on. Without even resolving their own plots that they'd set up <laughs> over two movies. No. Um, you, you can't say the filmmaking isn't good, though. Like, it's well-directed and the, the love scenes, like the romantic storyline between uh, Peter and... Glenn Stacy, very well done. So, seems to be his strength focusing on on love stories. Mm. Old Mark Webb. Mm-hmm. I got on him, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Moving on, Dylan. We probably don't have to talk too much about it, to be honest. <laughs> weapon what of, more is there to say? Really, weapon, weapon of <laughs> choice by Fat Boy Slim. Probably one of one of, if not the most famous uh, video of all time, right? I'd never seen this before or heard of it Bonnie. whoa man where have you been hiding the rock the rock mate there you are living under it okay ages <laughs> what do you reckon i mean it's amazing it's <laughs> christopher walken and his stunt double just cutting a fucking jig through a hotel <laughs> incredible the year was 2000 and the people wanted to see a middle-aged walking dancing <laughs> They sure did. They sure did. It just brings a smile to your face, doesn't it? How can you not love it? Come on. Especially towards the end when he starts flying and floating around, <laughs> levitating around. I just had, in the lobby, yeah. Yeah, just amazing. Just so much fun. Um, the director is Spike Jones, And have you seen much of his, his work, Dylan? You would have seen the jackass things he's been involved in. But his feature films are a bit different <laughs> to that. <laughs> so I've heard, yeah. I don't I don't think I've seen many. What are his most famous? Uh Being John Malkovich was one of his. No, I haven't seen that yet. Adaptation by with um Nick Cage. Pretty fun. I don't think so. The best though was her with Joaquin Phoenix. That's on my list to watch. Yeah. It does intrigue me. It's so good. I saw it at the cinema. I've seen it a bunch of times since. I think I might have just forgotten about it because it, it maybe should have been in my top ten to be honest. Really? Jeez. Possibly. Oh it's really good. This has come out of nowhere, hasn't it? <laughs> and I'm so mad at Spike because he made that movie, won Best um, Screenplay at the Oscars, and has just made jackass stuff since. He just has not done made any other movies. I need more movies from him, okay? He can't make the best movie, one of the best movies of all time, and then just dip forever, okay? Anyway. Nah, good on him. Yeah, good on him. Um, Why not go out on a high on it? Well, I mean, that's, that's possibly true, I guess. Um, so, the dancing itself, though, like, I've seen this video a few times, and I've seen the, the parodies and whatnot, but what struck me in particular this time, very arm-heavy, wasn't it, the dancing? It's all very, oh, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that because of his age, maybe, at the time? Or I, just... I, I was, I was going to say, I think so. I think it was to overcompensate for not much movement in the in the bottom region. You know? <laughs> Hips down, not as much, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> He um he was trained as a dancer before um going into acting, um and by the time this came around, he wanted to do something different. He'd been an actor for a while, doing lots of dramatic roles, um and I think he was just speaking to Spike like Jones about wanting to do some dancing on on film, and then he was like, "Well, I got this music video idea. Let's do it." The rest is history. The rest is history. 
Um, oh, you would have seen where the wild things are because of your Plano project. Yeah, yeah. That was him. Yeah, I have yeah. seen that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a good movie. Mm. There you go. Uh, so he got his start sort of um, filming skateboarding and BMX and then uh, shooting that with video and, and photography. Moved into videos, music videos from there, and a lot of work with the Beastie Boys, and then sort of working executive producer and co-creator of Jackass as well, which is, and he makes really romantic movies at the same time. I don't get it. I don't get it. He's married to Sophia well, Coppola. What a hate on Jackass going on right no, now. No, it's, it's, it's a different thing, you know? It's a different thing. Not my thing, personally. But you know, have you seen him? I would have seen it at some point in my life, but. Had a sleepover or something, probably when I was a kid. <laughs> Forced to. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> you wouldn't have watched it by choice. No goddamn way. <laughs> nah. It was good, though. This video, I think... I mean, he would have this when he was already had some time directing some feature films on under his belt, at least one. Um, Just fun. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Just a good one, I reckon. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, somehow, like Dylan... Get amongst it for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm, right. I'm glad I'm opening your eyes to this. It's good stuff. Good on you, though. You know? <laughs> Thanks. Had you seen the music video for I'd Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Mr. Low First Name Meat? No, I had not. I haven't seen any of these. Okay. Oh, really? Okay, sweet. Can you guess who the, the director was of this? Quentin Tarantino. You're not too far off, to be honest. It's a Michael oh. Bay joint. Really? That's, yeah. that's very interesting. Okay. The opening car chase in particular is, I think, a direct descendant that sure. you see in his, his later films. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the year is 1993. What's going on in this song slash video, Dylan? I have no idea. So is Meatloaf a dirty goblin bikey? Stalking a woman? Is that what this is? I think there is inspiration drawn from Beauty and the Beast and Hunchback of Hunchback of Notre Dame and Fan of the Opera, he might say as well. Right. Okay. Then he kills some cops though, doesn't he? I think it's an accident. They're chasing him and he has to escape and he <laughs> the cop gets killed by accident. That's not his I, fault. That's the impression I got. It's just a monster of the night. It's not his fault he murdered cops. I'm know? I'm less keen on him just like stalking a woman and watching her as she yeah. bathes and whatnot. Yeah. That's not okay. How do you defend Meatloaf after that one? How dare you? It's his character. <laughs> no, he's alright. Cards on the table. I love Meatloaf, okay? It's true. How much? A lot. How much? My parents, well, it's got to the point, Dylan, where I can't listen to his music anymore because I was getting too obsessed with it, okay? I'll explain why. <laughs> Jeez. Do you need some explanation or is that it? No. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so my parents got me the CD. I think I was still in primary school. And then um, the first, the Battle of Hell, first one. And I loved it. Kept going back to it. I remember being like, for some reason, it must have been towards the end of the year or something. And I got off school early because, you know, Sometimes you finish early to get grade you're in. Yeah. My parents are still at school, they're teachers. And I just like stay at home and listen to it like, all day. <laughs> <laughs> and the songs are like 10 minutes, like they're crazy long. It's weird. Oh, yeah, this one was like eight minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kept going back and back to it. The first, there's, there's three Battle of the Hells, but it's other Meatloaf albums out there. First is the best. Second takes a while to get used to when this one comes from the second one. Um, anything for love. Uh, the third isn't very good. It came in like in 2006 or something. It wasn't very good. But there's, there's one, at least one good song on there. Bad for good. Very good stuff. My thing is, Dylan, if I had a million dollars tomorrow, we were both on lottery and pulled our money together, I think I would make a Bad Out of Hell musical film, okay? <laughs> My goodness. I actually wrote a synopsis a couple of years ago, and what happened, I'd be driving around listening to the songs, and I was thinking of all the scenes in my head. I was getting obsessed by it. I had to stop doing it because I was getting too worked up about it. Oh my gosh. It's really good driving. Where you, when he died. I mean, Meatloaf the man is a bit different to Meatloaf the, the singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck the man. I don't care that he died. The thing about Meatloaf, his songs and the whole Battle of Health stuff was 
if not more than Meatloaf himself, it was Jim, Star Jim Steinman who was the, the writer of, of those tracks, right? Very much his baby as well. Meatloaf was a bit weird towards the end, especially. Um, I don't know what happened, but he was weird. Let's just put it lightly. <laughs> but the thing I love about him as a singer and performer is like, he's just a big guy. He's really out there. The songs are big and operatic. And like, the, the fact that he is like overweight doesn't actually mean anything because he's still getting the girl and he's still like going for it and he's living life to the fullest. I just love that, you know? It's a great message. And the songs themselves are good. Didn't he? He's a rock and roller. You're right. Yeah. And the mullet, mate. Oh. Oh, man. Mate. Um, the song itself, bit of fun. It's um, got a weird, weird pop culture connection. I don't know if you've read this, but our, again, our friends and partners and collaborators, Wikipedia, has said that British adventurer Bear Grylls cites the song has, as his inspiration to apply for selection into the SAS. He said, enthusiasm and determination count for so much more than skills, brains, or qualifications. And all this has expressed itself to me through Meatloaf's, Meatloaf's song. Okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you think he's out there in the woods sometimes singing meatloaf to himself? <laughs> I mean, not just himself, his whole crew, I guess. I guess so. Well, he's drinking his own pee and stuff, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it. That's what he does, right? I've never seen it. It's probably what he's most famous for, I guess. What he's most well-known for. You, you gotta go, you gotta things. go. He'll eat, he'll eat poo, Monty. Oh, really? He'll eat poo. Mm. Well, he'll eat food that was in poo from animals. I mean, like something that hadn't been fully digested, like a nut or something like that, or a berry. I reckon it's not worth it, to be honest. For one, <laughs> one berry. Well, it's life or death. I guess so. Would you do it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, probably not, eh? You died. You died. Okay. There you go. Do you? To live? Yeah, I'll eat a poo berry. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? <laughs> to live? <laughs> of course. All right. Well, if we ever get in a situation, I thank you for taking my, my corpse back. To I get first camp. dibs. Yeah. You never... oh. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're partial to a bit of Michael Bay, aren't you? Yeah, mate. I'm a little bit of Michael Bay. Yeah. Armageddon. Pain oh. and Gain. Very underrated. Oh, yeah, you, you said it before. I've never seen it. I watched Ambulance last year. Loved it. So, I think um, Pain and Gain mm. is probably Dwayne Johnson's nearly best acting he's done. I've, I've heard that. And our good friends and collaborators, Mr. Sunday Movies, and Mace, they talk about uh, The Rock being like not particularly having a great movie. Like, you know, Sly's got Rocky and. Arnie's got Terminator, but what does Dwayne The Rock Johnson have as his, his one good movie series, you know? That's about it, right? That's about the closest to a, a fantastic movie. Pain again, yeah. I, I really like it. I mean, the Fast and Furious movies, come on. Well, there you go. I've never seen them, so. Oh, Fast and Furious 7 is so good. He, he has a broken arm, 
and at one point he flexes its he flexes his arm so hard that he breaks his cast on his arm. <laughs> I it's think I've amazing. seen that on Twitter. It's pretty good. It's so good. Look, I'm halfway through the Rocky series, so I'll get through that first, and then I'll go watch the Fasties. Mate, I reckon. You've been you've been limping on watching five for like <laughs> two weeks now. It's true. <laughs> we'll get there. I don't blame you. you. Well, I don't blame you. I'll get through it, then it gets good again, right? It gets great again. Well, yeah. well hello. Yeah. So this one, um, very expensive uh, music video, um, very big and dramatic. It it very much feels like a short film, like unlike other music videos, which seem like it's just you know we're putting some music, some action in front of some music. This one feels like its own thing, you know, very expensive mm-hmm. and and pretty well received. Um, it fits, which is what we can ask for, yeah. really. I would say that, yeah. Hmm. Let's fast forward to the year 1999. Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This was directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. Now, you might not recognise their names, Dylan, but you will recognise some of their movies, including one of your faves, Little Miss Sunshine. There it is. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> they've done a few other movies. They've done uh, Ruby Sparks, which I really liked. Um, actually, they recently directed and helped produce a series called Fleischman is in Trouble, which I'm halfway through watching and really enjoying. Um, so that's one of your favorite movies. It's like an understated indie drama. Ruby Sparks is kind of the same. This show is kind of a, is another drama about romantic relationships and like a marriage gone wrong. I don't see much of that in this video, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's an odd one, isn't it? Yeah, what what happens? Tell us about it. It's it's just a Red Hot Chili Peppers knockoff GTA game, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Open world it's, sort of thing. Actually, like graphics aside, because the graphics are dog shit in this video. Yeah. It's like a PS1 PMV. Of the time, yeah. Of the time, definitely. The gameplay, though, looks pretty dope. <laughs> pretty fun, eh? Hey? You can switch any any pepper you want on the fly. <laughs> you can go anywhere in Cali, ride sharks, grind the whales on the Golden Gate Bridge, ride giant dragonflies. Mm-hmm. So much going on. Yeah, pretty fun. It's funny you say that, Dylan. On March 1st, 2022, Spanish game developer Michael, uh, Michael Camps Ortiza created a video game based on the song's music video. The player plays as one of the four band members. The game has seven different levels, each based on a scene from the music video. Lateza wrote, I wanted to play that game so bad. It's 2022 and I haven't seen anyone made the game, so I challenged myself to create it. I selected some epic moments from the video and turned into seven levels, each one with different game mechanics. I hope you like the game. That's what he says on Wikipedia. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard of it, so I'm expecting the game's probably not that great. No, probably more of a like a test demo sort of thing than anything. <laughs> I'm guessing. Fair enough. I mean, did no one tell him that you know GTA Five exists? Because that's kind of theirs. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Do you like the Chili Peppers? Yeah, mate. Who doesn't like the Chili Peppers, mate? Look, they they've been around for so long, and they've got so many songs and albums, like. Eventually, you're going to like some of it, right? Some of it's bad, some of it's good, some of it you like, you know? Yeah, definitely. And also, probably the best band name of all time. It's a pretty yeah. good band name. Yeah, we, we're used to it now, but yeah, thinking about it, pretty damn good. Pretty amazing. Yeah. They were here I'm in Brisbane recently. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Mm. Did you guys see him? Yes, not. I did not. You went to 50 concerts last year and you didn't see the Chili I didn't band? go to 50 concerts. I the one. You're lying there. You're lying to the people. You're lying to me. I am going to the 40 scene, though, so we have to work out our schedule for that. Anyway, it's an off-pod discussion. <laughs> um, one thing I said about the Chili Peppers, though, we've kind of read some things about maybe them getting up to no good back in the day, which doesn't surprise me. Um, somewhat of the time, though, like some things, but like, yeah, underage girls and stuff, which I'm not... Yeah, I think... Can't um, condone. Yeah, yeah, there's like, I think their, like, lead singer, like, lost the virginity 
to like a hooker when he was like 12 or something. Yeah, he, he grew up in, in drug and alcohol so, sort of yeah. society. But interestingly, his, his dad was like not a great guy but had some connections in Hollywood and Anthony Kiedis starred in an after-school special. There you go. There you go, right? 1978. It's Dang. called It's a Mile from Here to Glory. The synopsis is after early McLaren... Early McLaren is his name, that's cool. Played by Steve Shaw. A high school track star is disabled in a near fatal accident. He must learn to depend on others for day to day living. Anthony Kiedis has a role as Jimmy. I don't know what Jimmy does, but he's there, apparently. Good for Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Um, now, the director is Jonathan Dayton and, and Valley Ferris. They're a husband and wife team. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. Heaps of videos over the years, some sketches on Mr. Show, lots of commercials, um, but then moved into feature filmmaking and Little Miss Sunshine, one of the best, right? Just really is a classic. Yeah. Top 10, some would say. <laughs> some have said that, I believe. Um, Ruby Sparks, I really recommend as well. It's a really good movie. Oh, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. It's a Paul Dano joint, so you're right. You're there. Love me Paul Dano. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this one, I think it would have been fun back in the time, but it's not one I would generally go back to and watch a lot, this video, you know? But the concept is cool. It's interesting, and I'm, they're tapping into the culture, the you know, the new video game culture of the late 90s, so a bit of fun. I, I For sure. What you think of, like, cutting back to the band, like the real band, and they're playing, and they're all shirtless? Yeah, that's cool? Mm, yeah, why not? You it know? fits for them, so... Yeah. They're hot, mate. They're hot chili peppers. <laughs> Red hot. Gotta go skins, mate. Skins are only. <laughs> now let's come to Dylan's favourite song, but perhaps not a favourite video. Gangster Paradise by Coolio. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just Coolio telling his life story to Michelle Pfeiffer, isn't it? <laughs> Three songs. Yeah, I don't know. Perhaps you have picked up, but uh, this was a tie-in to the movie Dangerous Minds. Have you seen that? Well, I did know that. Yeah. Okay, right. That's a bit lazy, isn't it? Well, yeah. So Antoine Fuqua is the director. Um, it was his idea, apparently, to tie it in, but because the, the movie it was used in the movie and quite like the movie was well received. Well, well, movie made a lot of money, I think, but wasn't particularly well received critically. We can get into yeah. in a second. But the video itself, it was a bit basic, a bit bare bones. It's just to have them in a room. It seemed like they filmed it quite quickly, perhaps. And, like, Michelle Pfeiffer looks great. Coolio looks great. But what's the thing going There's on? Not much, not much else going on. They intercut I, some um, scenes from the movie. But. Yeah. Yeah. Lazy. Lazy. Um, I do remember a bit of trivia for this one, though. Like, oh, yeah. Go on. Yeah. I believe he sampled some of Stevie Wonder's music. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like Stevie Wonder's condition that he can use his samples, but he can't swear or like use the N word in the right. song. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think it like and Stevie Wonder apparently he that was his condition, but listen to the song, loved the song in the end, which is great. Yeah, it doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. Yeah, music, no. Look, I'm not huge into rap, but this is one of the best rap songs out there, right? Ever, ever, yeah. absolutely. Quite, and quite tragic and just tells a really great story. Yeah. Coolio passed away last year, just sad. Um, Very good. This was the, like the high point of his career, but he had a long career otherwise. Had a cameo in, a, in a certain movie. Yes. So I was going to say, did you say that this is the high point of his career, not the cameo, in Batman and Robin? How dare you? <laughs> well, this is this you know number one song and whatnot. <laughs> So, <laughs> nah, good on him. Um, in the, the song itself, uh, Coolio freestyled the first couple of lines, which is pretty amazing. Yet the rest of the lyrics coming to him quite quickly in one sitting. One sitting, Dylan. Jesus. He would later claim that the song ultimately came from a source outside of himself, saying, Gangster's Paradise wanted to be born. He wanted to come to life, and it chose me as the vessel. And when a song's that good, godlike, you know. How can you argue? <laughs> That's true. 
Um, so I've not seen Dangerous Minds, but I know the concept and I've seen other movies like it. So yeah, she's a former Marine. She comes into this no-nonsense, she comes in as a no-nonsense teacher into this school, which is quite disadvantaged, lots of um, black and Latino students, lots of crime and drugs and whatnot, and she's got to turn them around. Um, I've seen Freedom Riders, which is a similar concept. Um, the very well, the very first one is Blackboard Jungle in the 50s, which I've seen. Surprisingly, I've seen that, but not this one from the okay. 1990s. Um, but they're all telling similar stories about teachers going and giving tough love, um, breaking through to the to the students who need it. Um, as a concept, like I don't mind the idea of like you know sometimes students having it tough or students are being tough and they need someone to come in and shake them up and show them you know education is important and whatnot. The problem comes though a lot of them become like white savior movies, where it's like this this rabble of of non-white students need a white person to come in and, and show them how to live their life properly, sure. you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But it's, you know, I, I think these movies can be quite effective in the, because we all like seeing people turn their lives around and start yeah. somewhere and have a journey to end up somewhere better, you know, and we've all probably had experience with teachers like that. So, yeah, maybe potentially problematic genre, but, you know, something cool to tie in on. Um. Have you seen many of Antoine Fuqua's movies? I don't believe so. Uh, Training Day, Shooter, Equalizer, lots of action movies mainly. King Arthur, apparently. Oh. Likes to work with Denzel, does he? Yes, I think so. I think so. <laughs> the one I, I've seen most recently um, was The Guilty from a couple of years ago with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, have you seen that? It was really good. What's your obsession with Jake Gyllenhaal? I like him. I mean, what, so what's much. wrong with liking the guy? He's a good actor. Okay? It's just an odd choice <laughs> to pick as your favourite actor. Jake Gyllenhaal. I wouldn't say Paul. Maybe. <laughs> oh, goodness, no. Come on. Jackie G. <laughs> Stop it. It's a good movie. And it's it quite strange. It was it's kind of filmed in, in one or two locations. He's an ambulance, um, like, dispatcher, and he gets this yeah. call, and it's all sort of him trying to work out this one call, and it's all just basically on him. And it was filmed during COVID, and it, they directed it, or he directed it, Antoine, from, like, remotely, because he was, like, worried about getting COVID. He might have had COVID at one point, if I remember it correctly. So he was, like, filming via, like, um, in a different room, just over, like, radio, basically. How weird. Goodness gracious. What an odd way to film a movie. And it turned out good, apparently. Yeah. Um, so what else? Nothing thing I'd say here about him. Um, he did also other, other um, videos. He'd done for Stevie Wonder and Prince, and he directed this one, and it was used to promote the film and the song, which is great for him. <laughs> Starting out your career, make, sort of tie into these really popular other things. Um, he said... The movie became a big hit and Jerry Bruckheimer was kind enough to give me a lot of credit for it because they used my my music video. The irony was people thought I was the friend, new French film director. He's actually a, a black guy from like Philadelphia, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. No one has any idea I was this guy from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I used to walk into the room and people would literally ask me to get coffee. And I would say, no, no, I'm the director. And I love watching their faces. That was fun. There you go. <laughs> That's good. So, if we wanted to rank these, Dylan, maybe just best and worst, what do you reckon these videos you watched today? Bad day. Number one. Okay. Weapon of choice. Number two. Oh, you're doing, all, you're doing one to six. Okay. Californication. Number three. Okay. Vogue. Number four. Gangsta Paradise, number five. And Old Meaty Life is number six, I think. I can't help but feel you just doing that push my buttons. He, he was a creepy goblin bikey. I didn't like it. It was gross and weird. <laughs> but he was good by the end of it because true love's kiss. Uh, couldn't get past it. Yeah. <laughs> he was a bit creepy. <laughs> um, I, I think... I think Bad Day 
I liked it, but it almost it, it very it felt so two thousands to me. That's great. It, it was of its time, which is which is good. There's been a bit of a you know potted history of the, the, the music video. My favorite though, and it's not like my favorite ever, but of, of this list, weapon of choice. I just had a good time watching it again. I just That's, had a smile on my face the whole time. You know. I get that. I get it. Sometimes less is more. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Now, that's been us talking about music videos, but wait, there is more to the show. What do we do at the end, Dylan? Well, mate, you're going to bloody tell us something to get amongst this week, are you? I, I sure am. And it's going to be one that the listeners of our podcast will appreciate. You'll, you'll find out why in a second, Dylan. Last night, I finished watching a new series on Netflix called Wednesday. Okay, all right. There we go. It's about Wednesday Adams being a teenager off at boarding school. Very Harry Potter-like, to be honest. She's solving a mystery and stuff, and she's around a bunch of weirdos. It's good. <laughs> That's um, Danny. Obviously, we love Christina Ricci. She's our favourite actor of all time. We do the Christina Chronicles, where we're going through her filmography. It is weird seeing her, like, modern day, because, like, in my mind, we're in 2003 with Christina, so... Yeah, she's still mid-twenties or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she's in this. She's one of the teachers at the school. Uh, the new Wednesday is played by General Ortega, and, and she's great. Wonderful stuff. Um, the show itself, I think, was a bit up and down, to be honest. Tim Burton's involved. He directed a bunch of them. The classic up-and-down director. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, classic Tim Burton. It's, like, very... Uh, the atmosphere, the production design's all interesting, but then every now and then... The, the, the story itself doesn't always match up to the visuals, if you know what I mean. Takes um, a backseat to the visuals. Yeah, and I didn't realise going in, and I'm going to tell you, Dylan, now, and the listeners, if they haven't got amongst themselves yet, like, it's very YA. It's very young adult. It's, like, aimed at, you know, teenagers. Nice. Which is fine, and that, that's totally good. I just had to rewrite myself, because I thought it was going to be, like, a bit more adult, potentially. But, like, it's... It's not. It's not for adults. It's for kids. But if you like stuff aimed at towards younger people, like I do, that's okay. You know. You like Bluey? <laughs> well, I've watched Bluey with my nieces and nephews. You don't watch it on your own ever. I watched the one about footy on my own. There you go. There they did an origin episode. It's good stuff. Um, I think I think it'd be a good binge though. Wednesday, just knock it out over. a few nights or big afternoon be good fun and Sinead loves Thing the hand and there was no cousin It which I famously hated from the movies so he's almost too weird isn't he cousin It nah no good no good at all too much too much yeah too much I used to like him but yeah, I think I've come around to your point of view. Just Thank you very much. Advice. Well, I'm right. Sounds good. Yeah. Things Wednesday. not much better, though. <laughs> what? Things not much better. Nah, it's things great. Nah, things good. All right. How do we wrap this show up, Dylan? Well, Lonnie, we tell everyone where they can find us, which is on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the big three. Oh, yeah. You'll find us on any podcast app of your choice. Mm-hmm. You want to listen to a podcast, we'll be there for you. Or Absolutely. Friends. And if you listen to ABC Breakfast Radio in Rockhampton, I was on there recently talking about my football research. They didn't oh, ask I... me about the podcast, Dylan, but... Well, you could have jumped in. I could have <laughs> swooped in. Could have nudged in. Could have said, hey, hey, listen got a podcast everyone should listen to but you didn't and that's okay it's not your fault i tried but not very hard no. clearly <laughs> you're all right you're all good that's right if you want to hear more about my movie opinions you can catch me on i only like you and movies which i do with sanae sanae's favorite podcaster i mean dylan's favorite podcaster sanae he's on there <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. And I'm going to say, I miss you, man. I think I'll say, I miss you, man, too. I miss you, man. Do I miss you, man? Do I miss you, man? I miss you, man. I miss you.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.